to live in faith. We are meant to live in joy, in love, in the fullness of every quality of God that there is. We are not meant to live in fear. Ernest Holmes said this in the Science of Mind textbook. Fear blocks the more complete givingness of the spirit to its highest form of manifestation on the planet, which is humankind. Fear arises from that mental attitude which limits the possibility and the willingness of spirit to give us the good we greatly desire. There is nothing wrong in the desire for self-expression. God is more completely expressed through the one who lives largely rather than through the one who lives meagerly. So it is for us to live this great expanse of life of God. It is for us to live fully and to live freely, fearlessly. It is up to us to live fearlessly. We are meant to push through the self-imposed limitations, the self-imposed fear, the self-imposed lack, the self-imposed whatever that we have created in our lives. We have created that. You know, it's like, you know, when you were a little kid, right? You might have, you're a little kid and maybe you were bit by a dog. You know, you get bitten by a dog when you're a little kid and ever since then you have a fear of dogs. Well, I got some good news for you, right? You know that dog that bit you when you were a child? Chances are it's dead by now, right? It's not going to bite you anymore. There's no reason to be afraid anymore. It's gone, you know? But, but here's the thing. What we've done is we've put that fear onto every single dog in creation now, right? We've created a situation where we limit ourselves because of this one thing that happened with this one canine but it's no longer there. So you can understand how we limit ourselves. We limit our self-expression by one bad experience in one way. And you know, that's how stereotypes begin. I got to tell you, right? Somebody has a bad experience with someone maybe of, you know, Irish descent, right? Then, then they start thinking, okay, all Irish people are whatever, whatever, fill in the blank, right? Or we read a newspaper article, somebody of, of Italian, you know, descent got arrested for something. Oh, well, you know, all Italians are blah, 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 fill in the blank. You see how this goes? We, we get to limit our exposure then to people. We get to limit our exposure to life. We limit our exposure to all of the gifts that the world has because of these one experiences that we then create. You know, we overgeneralize and, and we base our, you know, that experience creates a rule in our lives that then becomes this self-imposed limitation in how we live life. And we do that. We do that. Spirit does not do that to us. Spirit does not do it to us. Spirit doesn't do anything to us. Spirit does not challenge us. Spirit doesn't test us with lack or with poverty or with loneliness to see if we are worthy of our good. Spirit does not do that. Good is readily available. It is pressing in on us from all sides. It is all around us. The only thing that keeps us from manifesting our good is us. Ernest Holmes said this, he said, the divine urge within us is God's way of letting us know we should push forward and take that which is awaiting our demand. If the good were not already ours, 
in invisible supply, it would be impossible for us to procure it in any manner. So we have to understand the good is already ours. We must accept and we must create this open container, this expansiveness, this expressiveness through which spirit can flow into expression as us, through us, through our experience of life. And the only thing that keeps us from, from manifesting that, the only thing that keeps that from happening, that free flow of creativity and abundance and love and joy and harmony and all of that stuff, the only thing that keeps that from happening in our lives is our own BS story about belief system. BS, belief system, our own belief system story about how it's not possible for us to have that good, how we're not deserving enough, how we're not good enough, how we're not smart enough, how we're not whatever enough, or how there's not enough to go around, or how those people can have the good, but my people can't have the good. All of those things, all of those belief systems that we carry around with us those are the reasons why we do not manifest the good that we know exists all around us. Going back to the Science of Mind textbook, I want to just say this. He's, Ernest Hone said, should we learn to contemplate those things which are desirable and forget the rest, we would soon overcome fear through faith. Both are mental. Let us learn to reverse thoughts of fear and transmute them into faith, right? That's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not here to live a life of self-imposed limitation due to fear. You know, you're only born with two fears anyway, right? When the infants are only born with a fear of loud noises and a fear of falling, that's it. You collect all the other ones along the way, and you're not meant to hang on to them like they were souvenirs. We're not meant to hang on to our fears. We are meant to press through them. That's what the talk is, right? Right? Leaning in and going through. That's what today's talk is about. We are meant to lean in and go through. We're not meant to collect fears along, you know, along the pathway of our lives and keep adding one on top of the other, and then pretty soon we're not doing anything. We're hiding in our house. Well, we're hiding in our house anyway, but that's not from fear. Anyway, how do we do that? How do we push through? Ernest Holmes said, learn to reverse the thoughts of fear and transmute them into faith. Well, Ernest Holmes said this in the comp complete introductory course of Science of Mind. He said, there's only one way. There's only one thing to do with fear, and that is to face it. Face it, right? It's lovely. You know, a lot of times you hear in, in uh, Centers for Spiritual Living or Religious Science, Science of Mind and Spirit, they say, you know, just don't look over there, you know. Just don't look there. Just turn away. But we don't do that at the level of the effect, right? Ernest Holmes never said deny the reality. In fact, he said, you know, reality is just as real as it needs to be. It is just as real as it needs to be. So what we do is we face it. That's what he said. We face it. We admit it. We own it, we feel it, we express it, right? Fear is as real as it needs to be. So that's the leaning in part. Admit it, own it, feel it, express it, right? And then comes the second part of that. We depersonalize it, we visualize it, we take it to prayer, and then we take action. 
That's the going through part. So there's the leaning in part. This is the going through part, right? So leaning in is about admitting it. Admit it, own it, feel it, express it, right? We're not about denying what is happening at the level of the condition, but we are about knowing that there is a greater truth. There is a greater truth to be known through whatever that condition is. Being spiritual, whatever that means, being spiritual doesn't mean we don't ever feel fear, but it means that we feel it, we admit it, we own it, we express it, we move through it. We lean into it and we move through it. Coming to terms with fear, coming to terms with the false belief that is limiting our expression of greatness. We are here to understand. We are here to really understand and demonstrate the marvelous expressions of spirit that we are. And we're limiting our ability to do that when we limit ourselves because of our fears. Everybody feels fears now and then. Everybody feels fears now and then. It's part of, I think, the human condition, right? Everybody does. I was watching a video the other day about um, Jim Carrey. And he said, I think everybody should get rich and famous so that they could all realize getting rich and famous doesn't answer it, right? Doesn't fix what's, what the problem is, doesn't fix what the challenge is. And he's right. Getting rich and famous doesn't fix what the underlying fears are. We have to address them ourselves, right? Everybody feels fears now and then. Rich people can feel fears of losing their money. Poor people can feel fears of not being able to pay their bills. Healthy people can have a fear of getting sick. Sick people can fear dying. Some people can fear people who don't look like them. Other people can fear, fear people that don't worship like they do. Some folks fear people that speak different languages. We can all fear different things for reasonable and unreasonable reasons. Some people are afraid of heights. Some people are afraid of closed-in places. Or some people are afraid of going out in public, whatever, going on airplanes. Some people are afraid of dogs, right? We are not meant to collect those fears. We are meant to lean into them and go through them, heal them, and be those fully self-actualized beings of spirit that we are meant to be, to awaken to the magnificence that we are. We're supposed to get over fears and not live with them. In the complete introductory course, I'm going to go back to that writing, Ernest Holmes said this, fear is a squatter with no rights. <laughs> I love that. Fear is the human's chief obstacle to single vision. Now remember that statement. Fear is the human's chief obstacle to single vision. Fear is the greatest bluffer in the universe. Moreover, it is always squatting upon territory which it has no right to. More, um, <clears throat> and it bluffs so expertly that the average human does not see through it. He fails to see that our mental world is more real than our material world. And that through our imagination, fear can paint a picture that can cause us all the mental distress that can come from an actual experience. 
So he's saying we can get all wound up. We can get all caught up in our fear. We can as if, right? We can extrapolate. Oh my God, this can happen. It may never happen. But we can place ourselves in that feeling of fear based on what might happen, right? Because we're humans, because we can extrapolate, because we can reason and we can imagine and we can project, we can envision a future that has not happened. We can envision an outcome that maybe never comes to pass, and we can get into a fear that is never realized. And yet, it's all, it's all working in our bodies as if. And we think imagining every wrong thing that can happen keeps us safe and keeps us prepared. But it really keeps us from manifesting our best. We can create all the mental distress over an imaginary experience, and that keeps us from being single-focused, like Ernest Holmes said, that quote that I, that I asked you to remember, that imagining every possible outcome from the worst to the best can keep us from being single-focused. It keeps us from creating the life we desire. Because why? Because a house divided among itself cannot stand. Because we cannot imagine peace and prepare for war. We cannot steel ourselves against poverty and try to imagine abundance. We cannot manifest health while we're taking care of our illness. We have to become single-focused. And what that means is looking fear in the face, faith, <laughs> looking fear in the face and knowing through faith a higher good. A higher good, absolutely a greater good. And that's what we do in the beginning, by admitting it, by owning it, by feeling it, by expressing it. We're looking fear right in the face, and we're knowing a greater truth to be revealed. There has to be a greater truth to be revealed. Everything that comes into our lives comes with a gift in its hand. Everything. Whether it's poverty or loneliness or lack or limitation, everything comes with a gift in its hand so that we can know a greater good to be expressed. So what do we do first? We admit it. We admit we're in fear over something. You know, something happens and, it, and, and fear rises in us. So we admit it. Wow, that's, that's producing this, this sort of fear thing in us. And then we have to own it, right? This is my experience right now. And we don't try to put the blame everywhere else, right? You did this to me. You made me feel whatever, whatever, right? We don't, we don't put it out there and blame other people. It's their fault. It's their fault for whatever, for poverty or for illness or why I didn't get that raise, whatever it is, right? We, we own our fear feelings and it's caused by whatever and not try to shift the blame outside of ourselves. And then we feel it. We absolutely feel it. How does this fear feeling make us feel? It makes, makes us feel maybe weak or maybe helpless or powerless. Fear makes us feel incapable, maybe. But to absolutely feel those feelings and then feel where it's felt. Where do I feel fear? Do I feel it up here, you know, in my shoulders? Do I get tense? Do I get tight up here? Do I feel it in my stomach? Do, is it a visceral sort of feeling? Do I feel it in the small of my back? Where do I feel those fear feelings? And then to express that. 
you know, to express it by journaling, by talking it out with a practitioner or, or a minister or a friend. You know, to absolutely express it. You know, maybe you journal about it. Maybe you write about it. Gee, when I feel this fear, I whatever, whatever, right? Fill in the blanks. Or when this fear is up in me, oh, I have a tendency to do whatever, to try to maybe press down those feelings, to try to get rid of them. So we have to express it. And then, then we're ready to depersonalize it, right? Then we get to the point where we understand it's not me. It's not us. Fear is what it feels like. Fear is the feeling I'm having. Fear is not the truth of me, right? Fear is not the truth of me. It is a, it is a temporary feeling I'm feeling right now. It is a condition. And what we know about conditions is that they always change. And here's what I know about fear. Fear is a liar. I will say that again. Fear is a liar. Like Ernest Holmes said, it's the greatest bluffer. It is the greatest bluffer. It is a squatter, and it's squatting on territory that you own, and you need to evict it. <laughs> so we depersonalize it. It is fear. It is not us. And then we visualize alternative outcomes. What else can happen? You have a fear of something going wrong. It's really what's happening. There is a fear of something going wrong. So in our faith, we go, well, what can go right? What can go right? Right? After we depersonalize it, it's fear, it's not me, then we visualize it. We visualize these outcomes that are different from the fear outcome. What else can happen as a result? What is the best outcome? What good can happen as a result of this? How much better can it get? Oh, my God, what else can go right? I love that expression. Oh my God, what else can go right? And then we take it to prayer. Then we take it to prayer. And we know how to do this one, right? We know how to do this one. And here is where we get single focused. Here is where we turn away from the condition. So that when we go to prayer, we are in first cause. We are in the absolute this is why we absolutely turn away from conditions to speak from the absolute. When it comes to prayer, we must resolutely turn from the appearances and speak from first cause. This is where we are single-focused. So we don't walk around in the condition going, la, 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 in denial, like I'm not here and it's not hot. We take that absolute into prayer. We take the stance, the single-focusedness into prayer. You know, up until that point, we are looking at conditions. We're looking at them. We're looking through them. We are looking to heal them. But when it comes to prayer, we absolutely turn away from them, and we know only truth. Then and only then are we ready for right action. And that's really the last step, isn't it? When we take action after prayer, because we know then what right action is all about. What is the right thing to do? That's the moving our feet part. But we only get there after we are single-focused, after we have, have viewed the situation as God views it. When we are clear, when we are faith-filled, strong. Then, and only then, do we move towards something, 
towards something and away from nothing, then we absolutely have gotten over the fear. We have released it. We've healed it. We've transformed it. And we are in faith. And Ernest Holmes said this, most people have faith in God. But everyone has not brought that faith down to a practical application in his own life. This is what the science of mind and spirit teaches us to do. If you will open your book of life and put down on the left-hand side of the sheet everything you are afraid of and why you're afraid of it, and opposite to that, write down your faith and your confidence in God. Before you have even finished the process, you will have healed yourself of fear. And that is our job. That's what we're here to do. Absolutely to know our oneness, to get over our fear, to lean into it, and to get through it. Thank you.